Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Cross Pods podcast. I'm Lydia Shimpole, and this week we will be playing you an episode of TJ's Two Cents, hosted by TJ Floyd. In this episode, TJ discusses his two cents on the things that we grow into knowing, the things we are forced to learn on our own, and who he thinks should be teaching us versus who actually ends up teaching us. Most importantly, TJ will be discussing common sense, expanding on how it seems to not be so common, and what he thinks should be considered common sense. TJ discusses his belief that there is a fine line between life skills and common sense in this episode. You can follow TJ on Facebook and Instagram at TJ's Two Cents. Let's jump right in. Common sense is the most limited of all natural resources. Common sense is like deodorant. The people who always seem to need it never have it. Welcome, thanks for listening to TJ's Two Cents Podcast. Today on episode 24, I'm going to give my two cents on life skills and as mentioned in the opening, some common sense. I'll be discussing my thoughts on the things we grow into knowing, the things we're forced to learn on our own, and who I think should be teaching us those things versus actually who taught us. Most importantly, I will be discussing some common sense, expanding on how it seems to not be so common, and what are the things I think should be common sense. Now, there is a fine line between life skills and common sense because everything has to be learned, but certain things lean more towards skill while others are more knowledge-based. I've broken down around 30 different groups of topics into seven categories that should help all of us understand how we learn something who taught it to us, and how we implement that at various ages. I hope you guys have a few minutes to listen up because it's time to figure out, do you have common sense? I hope you all enjoy. Now, as always, before getting started, let's give a definition of the key term of the day. Today's term is common sense. Common sense is sound, practical judgment concerning everyday matters or basic ability to perceive, understand, and judge that is shared by nearly all people. Now, the issue with this is that not all people are raised in the same environments, cultures, atmospheres, therefore slimming down the things that could possibly be considered common sense. I think a better terminology for things that are common amongst people is common knowledge, because it is a better representation of something that is gained rather than given. Common sense refers to the basic intelligence and logic used to deal with everyday situations. For example, not running out in the road in front of a car, or not leaving a frying pan on the heat while you go upstairs and not pay attention. The basic sense and behavior could solve a lot of people's problems in life if they only used it. On a basic level, It just involves thinking about what you're doing at any one time, being more aware and not forgetting little details which could be important later. Now, I've heard quite a few people say that common sense is either something you are born with or without, and in a way, I believe that, and then in others, I don't. If you don't have the ability from birth to be able to grow into the environment, you will never prosper. 
On the other hand, I feel like the only thing that you know how to do when you come out of the womb is breathe, eat, sleep, and use the bathroom. And even those things are amazing when you think about how life starts, but that's for another episode. Every other single trait is learned. Therefore, it is the people around us who influence the things and which give us common sense. Now, however, with the age of the internet and things like Google, it is much easier for all of us to be on the same playing field. It just so happens that others are willing to put in the work to learn more. Now, it does seem that most of the things we learn as we age is in the school setting. Considering from ages 6 to 18, we are in school for approximately 17,500 hours. And that's not counting after-school activities, meetings, doing homework, or anything else one would think the vast majority of common sense may be commoditized due to the school system. But it's really no secret that our education system isn't ideal. Many of the life skills we actually need aren't being taught. Instead, we focus on programming youth with knowledge that won't be retained or isn't necessary for success in the real working world. There are too many facts or dates that become important in school rather than gaining the required common sense or life skills required for use once graduation occurs. Because too often, this means that kids that are graduating from high school or even college are ill-equipped to handle the broader challenges found in life. And though important learning the structure of a cell or who wrote a 300-year-old English literature book, those won't teach you how to de-escalate conflict before it goes too far, buy a house, or change a flat tire on the side of the road. And I hate to tell you, but learning how to find the value of X in a third-order differential equation won't teach you how to avoid debt, have a healthy marriage, or not to crumble under pressure at your job. Not only do life skills improve one quality of life, they are also attractive to employers who need workers that are mentally stable and well-equipped to handle challenges and responsibilities that are not listed on your job description. Now, speaking of life skills, I want to transition into the 30-ish topics that I think can be classified as life skills. Life skills, which we should be expected to know, and then talk about what age along with who is supposed to be teaching us those life skills. So in order to make this easier for myself and everyone listening, I broke the topics I want to discuss into seven categories. Those seven categories I have classified as one, housekeeping, two, technical skills, three, survival skills, four, money management, five, self-awareness, six, relationships, and finally, number seven, personal wellness. Each of these categories have about four or five different topics that I believe if you ask someone to do, they should know how to do it. And if they are not aware of how to do it, they should be able to figure it out very quickly. So let's get started. Category number one, housekeeping. Some of the basic housekeeping skills required by age 18 and should be taught by your parents are things like making your bed, doing laundry. We all need those basic housekeeping skills. And now this means everyone, men, women, college students, grandparents, keeping a tidy house is a life skill that ensures the health of your family, keeps you organized and able to find what you need, and then saves you money so you can keep living the good life. If you need help with maintenance, Try creating a cleaning schedule or start speed cleaning. Next on my list is cooking, anything, something, which could be taught or is often learned through watching. At age 18, you should know how to do more than pour a bowl of cereal. 
Now, not all of us are gourmet chefs. I happen to love those minimal effort freezer meals because they allow me to get the uh, chore of cooking out of the way while still providing enough nutritional value to myself. But if you're not a big fan of the kitchen and have a few if you're not a big fan of the kitchen, it's always good to have a few low effort dishes in your repertoire that you feel confident whipping up. Even if it's just something like mac and cheese, the ability to cook a meal and eat is a necessary life skill. It'll save you especially when your favorite takeout restaurant is closed for a holiday. The next big is sewing, or at least sewing on a button. I never knew the importance of knowing this until I had a button on my dress pants fall off right before I needed to wear them, and then I had to ask my dad for help, in which he told me he knew how to do it, so once again, I just learned by watching. Some people can't learn this way, but sometimes you have to learn through seeing the process because you won't always have the opportunities to try out things due to some restrictions. The fourth and final thing on my list of housekeeping life skills is home repairs. Now, we all know that doing it yourself can help you save big time on home repairs. Now, you don't have to shoot for pro-level electrician or plumber here, but when you're able to refrain from forking over cash every time you have a minor household issue, it really does help your bottom line. Places like Home Depot and Lowe's and other home improvement chains offer classes and workshops to help you tackle your next home repair. Plus, something is really satisfying about recalking a shower or fixing a leaky faucet yourself. Things like knowing how to unclog a toilet or sink is a life skill that no one wants to have, but let me tell you, if you've ever clogged up a toilet or walked into an overflowing bathroom, you'll be grateful you know how to wield a plunger. Now, there are a surprising number of tutorials and YouTube videos on how to creatively unclog a toilet, but when in doubt, go with the old standby, handheld plunger. But you should also know how to use things like kitchen appliances. From knowing how to deep clean your fridge and maintain its efficiency to understanding how to really use all the settings on your bread maker. Kitchen appliances are sometimes mysterious and not often thought about. So if you have anything in your kitchen that you don't use or that's too complicated to use, ask yourself if it's taking up space or if it's valuable enough to invest 10 to 20 minutes of your time learning how to take advantage of the full functionality of the appliance. A surprising number of appliances are one trick ponies that eat up space but really understanding the settings on your food processor or your countertop grill can eliminate the need for a bunch of counter clutter. So now that I've discussed some housekeeping things, I want to move on to technical skills. The first one of those being how to use a calendar and schedule. The ability to use a clock and a calendar is at the foundation of time management, which is a life skill in itself. A calendar simplifies your life and helps you get everything done every day. I think it's such a great tool that I have two in my house and three if you count my phone. Now, you don't have to live and die by your calendar, but learning how to block off time for activities and schedule events will make your life so much easier. The next thing is public speaking. Similar to writing, speaking, especially public speaking, can cause some of us to cower in the corner while others take to it like fish in the water. Public speaking is not my favorite thing, but everyone can learn some helpful tips for speaking better, like remembering to breathe, being prepared, and connecting with your mission and expressing it to your audience. Now, part of public speaking is being able to be an effective communicator. Whether we're talking about writing or speaking, communication is a vital life skill that encompasses both. No one makes it through this world alone, so learning to communicate with others will help you get where you need to be in life. And it's definitely a learned skill. 
It's about expressing your needs and desires while understanding and relating to others' needs and desires. Communicating with your spouse, children, and your friends can help you learn, grow, and become stronger. It's through communication that we form relationships and friendships. So being good at it means you'll be successful in your interaction with others. Speaking of communicating, we really need to know how to use it, especially when we're communicating over technology. I still can't always do everything on my phone to untap its full potential, but basic technology skills are necessary in life today. At minimum, you should be able to email and use the internet for basic searches. Technology can be a powerful and useful tool that can truly simplify your life. Listen to my previous episode about the future of technology to get an idea of just how powerful technology can be. So let go of the fear that you'll break something or click on something that you can't undo. It's worth understanding. And speaking of mistakes that you can't undo, let's hope you haven't learned this one the hard way. Back up your files. All of us have been working on something only to watch it crash or disappear, leading to fear and panic. Save. Save your files and save them often. Learn to back up your phone and computer to the cloud or to an external hard drive. Nothing is more devastating than losing hours and hours of work because you didn't back it up. With that overload of information, I'm going to give everyone listening a few seconds of not my voice and be right back with my two cents on survival skills. First thing on my list of survival skills is having emergency preparedness. If a disaster hit today, would you know what to do? What if your house burned down or if you were in an accident? Emergency preparedness can sometimes seem extreme or scary, but having basic emergency skills and knowing what to do if a catastrophe strikes can help you gain peace of mind and keep you and your family safe from harm. This is extremely important to me considering I live on the coast and Hurricane Dorian just came through a few weeks ago and my community was absolutely destroyed last year by Hurricane Florence. Once again, Having the internet and access to checklists of things to have in an emergency kit are vital to survival. Another thing that's vital to survival is basic first aid. Do you know what to do if someone has a deep cut or a broken bone? Do you know the signs of a heart attack, a stroke, or a concussion? If not, you probably need to pick up a basic first aid book if you feel like your skills are rusty. Now, it's common to panic in emergency situations, but if you're well-versed in first aid, you'll be able to rely on your instincts and knowledge and you'll come to the rescue with a cooler head. Next on my list, knowing how to survive without electricity. Like emergency preparedness, the prospect of going without electricity can be a little daunting and scary. Being able to unplug and entertain yourself without technology or even without the use of lights, television sets, and the stove is a skill which at the very least will get you and your family through the next power outage and at best will help you communicate better and get away from your cell phones once in a while. Speaking of cell phones, you really need to learn how to read a map because it's critical in being able to survive. With GPS readily available on nearly every smartphone, I know map reading is rapidly becoming an obsolete skill. But aside from having to learn this skill for the occasional digital detox, map reading is vital even if it's just so you can gain a basic understanding of geography and route yourself accordingly. Sure, you can use your GPS, but it doesn't always give you the most efficient route, or you may actually go a different way that that wasn't programmed. It's extremely important to always map out your trip, even if using GPS, in order to identify aspects of where you're headed. 
Because anyone who's tried to navigate something like a subway system or spent time in a rural area with spotty data service quickly realizes the merits of being able to read a good old-fashioned map. Brush up on your map skills and learn to take inventory of your location wherever you are. It's a safe practice and it just may help you find your car and that big mall parking garage someday. The last topic under this category, I think, is the biggest and most overlooked and undervalued skill to have. Car repairs, which includes how to fix a flat tire. Now, there are a lot of reasons not to learn how to fix a flat. It's no fun. You have AAA or another type of roadside assistance, or maybe you don't have a car and use public transportation. Now, that's all great, and if it works for your lifestyle, by all means, skip on to the next life skill. However, if you have a car, which almost everyone that has access to, you should understand basic maintenance even if it's purely to keep you from getting ripped off the repair shop. Depending on where you grew up, pumping your own gas might even seem laughable or may present a real challenge. If you're from New Jersey or Oregon, you may be surprised when you travel to other states and cannot find a full-service station. Brush up on your basic car skills so you feel comfortable when you're behind the wheel. Not only is fixing a flat tire an essential life skill, but simple car maintenance like changing your own oil can save headaches of waiting at a repair shop, being hassled by the employees for other repairs that you don't actually need, and the crazy thing is, you actually end up spending less time and money to just do it yourself. Now this is almost counterintuitive, because with most things in life, it seems as though if we do it ourselves, it will be harder, take more time, and cost more. And speaking of costs, the next category of life skills I want to give my two cents on is money management skills. Now, the first topic is something I've discussed before on this podcast, and that is how to budget. The ability to budget and be financially responsible is absolute vital to your life skill set. Whether you're just starting out on getting a handle of your finances or you're an experienced coupon clipping money saving guru, understanding your budget is a first step to achieving financial peace and security. And in my two cents, that's everyone's dream, right? So if we all have a common dream, why can't budgeting be common sense? Nonetheless, it's a skill that we can learn from a very young age and one we should build on throughout our entire lives. Get started with the spending freeze now or go through some old podcast episodes to learn more. But budgeting also involves knowing how to organize financial records. Many of us would love to just toss out receipts and forget about it, but a key component of being able to save, spend less, and be fiscally savvy getting your financial records organized and clear. This means tracking your expenses and writing down your budget. At any given time, you should be able to quickly ascertain where you are with your budget, what you have in your accounts, anything you owe, and your credit score. It will help you be honest with yourself about where you are financially, and if you learn that you aren't in such a good place, you should definitely know how to avoid or get out of debt. I talk a lot about financial peace and getting myself out of debt, because being debt-free is a freedom like none other and is honestly a goal that I have and hope to reach by age 35, but it takes a lot of work to get there. Learning to live within your means is definitely a learned skill and also not an easy one to abide by. Learning to slay your debt is about keeping your spending in check and managing a plan to pay off your debt quickly and efficiently. I understand things like student loans may be inevitable, but you may be intrigued by my next week episode on why that might not have been a great investment. So the next category that I have to talk about is how to make a major purchase. Whether you're about to buy a home or a car, 
or maybe just your first washing machine, whatever it is, you should understand how to compare prices, how to do research via consumer reports, and how to make a smart purchase. Me personally, I spent countless hours doing the math, every last detail before I purchased a car, and then did the exact same thing before buying a house. These are some, if not the biggest expenses you will ever encounter in your life. And it is important to get them at a price that will be beneficial to you. There are also skills that your parents should be confident enough to teach you. I think a vast majority of people are under the assumption that purchasing things and how it will actually affect us down the road is something that is in school curriculum, but it's not. However, in order to get benefiting prices on other things, it's probably useful to know how to use coupons. Coupons will save you so much money. Yes, it's a skill and can seem a little daunting, but it's really easy to get started. With a little organization and some practice, you'll become a couponing expert, and then you'll rarely catch yourself paying full price for anything. Don't worry, for all of you that do your shopping online, there are built-in add-ons to your browser that will do the coupon clipping for you. My last money management topic I want to discuss is investing. If you know me, you know I love to talk about investing and ways to invest, and understanding how to invest your money wisely is a huge learning experience. Even people who have money to spare have trouble with investments and making that money grow. Really, there are very few ways to get rich quick, short of winning the lottery like I've previously discussed, and most investing and money management attempts have to be carefully vetted and researched. As I have mentioned before, one of the best ways to do this is put money into a company-matched 401k, and you have to take advantage of that dollar-for-dollar -dollar match for the highest value possible. The next category of life skills I want to discuss is relationship skills. The first topic under that umbrella is listening and communication. Communication in a marriage or relationship, and even with your children, is very different than general communication skills. It's about listening being unselfish and empathetic, and tackling the difficult conversations without prejudice. Words matter. They can be hurtful or beautiful. They can bring us closer to each other and closer to God, or they can rip us apart. Learning to think before you speak and listen more than you talk are communication skills that will serve you throughout your life and in all of your relationships. The next topic I want to discuss is valuing and expressing respect and love. At the heart of every successful marriage, there's mutual respect. I don't believe any of us have the perfect marriage because I know I don't, but respecting our spouse and our differences can help your marriage become stronger and happier. Learn to view your spouse through the lens of another human being with feelings, desires, and wants that, yes, may not always match your own. Understanding that the underlying motivations and emotions underneath it all and respecting them as valid will strengthen your marriage. Because love is all about buying gifts and spoiling your children and spouse, right? Wrong. Love is about quality time, affection, expression, and understanding. We all know what Hollywood and Hallmark say love is, but we also know love is about so much more. To love and to be loved is truly a life skill and something that takes work. After all, love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. It does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. The next topic is how to accept compliments and criticisms. 
Accepting both compliments and constructive criticism isn't easy. Often, we fail to accept compliments with grace or downplay them and get embarrassed, and yet we're sometimes crushed by criticisms, even if they're valid, and we take them personally and to heart. Learning to simply say thank you when you get a compliment and learning to view criticism as feedback, which means assess it, then apply it or throw it away, can serve you well. I've really been looking at this topic as not getting too high off the highs or lows off the lows because it is very important to not take a compliment and just run with it while it's also equally important to not take criticism and use it to fuel depression. Both of these may lead down a path and it actually has turned out better for me to just take it for face value and move on without diving into it. Now with that being said, I still struggle to accept compliments but I don't receive them very often, so it normally catches me off guard, and that's probably why. Emotional intelligence, or EI, is another big one. If you are a trendy person, you have likely heard all the buzz about social-emotional learning. If you're in the business world, you've probably also read a lot about social and emotional intelligence are important in the workplace. So why is this? Well, because people are finding that being emotionally intelligent can be just as important as understanding the nuances of engineering and physics. As the human population grows and we become more global in our interactions, being sensitive to others, understanding emotions, and learning to harness them in a positive way can be a make-or-break life skill. Fortunately, you can work on your EI throughout your life and apply it throughout. Now for me, this is probably the single-handedly the most difficult life skill for me to incorporate. Being as it that I am an engineer, I'm sort of programmed to not really look too deep into people's opinions because that's not what makes cars work or airplane fly. Math and science do that. However, it seems that as a society, we have shifted into leaning more towards becoming sensitive than strong. I think having the common sense of if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all, should suffice. My last category of topics is wellness and mental health skills. First one of those is critical thinking and problem solving. If you took a logic class in school or you even experienced an if this then that question on a test, then you're probably familiar with some logic. Unfortunately, this is not a skill that everyone has. Yes, this life skill is about your ability to prioritize, but it's also about your ability to break a situation down and make choices. It's about measuring possible outcomes and building your thinking skills to tackle life's little bumps. To improve your problem-solving skills, try brain training programs like Lumosity or FitBrains. When it comes to problem-solving skills, if you don't use them, you lose them. That's why it's important that we're constantly learning. And I love that analogy because it's identical to all muscles that if we're not actively using them, they go away. We must continue to solve problems and use our brains in society in a way that we're always striving to get better. A way to do this is synthesizing, which is a critical thinking skill. Synthesizing is the ability to combine parts of a whole in a new and unique way. This learned skill boosts your adaptability in the way you roll with the punches. It's part of the analysis and evaluation of any given situation. Think of it like you're a chef. You can take different components of a meal, break them down, and then put them together in a new and delicious way. In life, it's a critical thinking skill that's considered higher level thinking, something we often slack on after school. Speaking of chefs, my next topic is self-discipline, exercise, and nutrition. 
The ability to discipline yourself enough to make healthy choices about your food and exercise is a learned skill. It's part of the bigger picture thinking, achieving the understanding that if you eat something now, you may end up paying for it later. It's about making a healthy meal for your family or taking a walk rather than hauling the kids through the McDonald's drive-thru. No one can be perfect all the time, but when you can view exercise and nutrition as self-care rather than punishment, it really helps to reframe. Start with small steps, like taking a walk or adding a vegetable to every meal, and then build on that positivity. So in conclusion, my final two cents is that there are many life skills that people do not have because they were unable to learn them. So, sometimes we must be aware that we do not know something and seek answers out ourselves. Now, I didn't touch on it as much as I wanted to throughout this episode, but also knowing who is responsible for the understanding of these life skills is important. My two cents is that if you have children, it's 100% your responsibility to teach your child everything. As they get older, it's your job to make sure that they understand that you don't know everything and they will have to learn by living their lives and learning other life skills and common sense from other people. But currently, we are living in a society where it seems as though people think that school teachers should be responsible for their children's habits, life skills, and knowledge. Well, I hate to tell you, but it's not their job to make sure your kid isn't blowing their nose on someone's shirt or kicking someone or bullying someone. But as I said in the beginning of episode, we should be teaching kids life skills in school. But as we progress into adults, we transition into a phase where only we are responsible for the life skills we have. Now, the internet is a huge place that can teach us a variety of things, and most likely the answers are just at our fingertips that we choose not to search for. With all that being said, that wraps up on I hope was another insightful episode. I hope after listening, you can determine if you have all of the life skills I discussed, which ones you think are more important than others, and think about how you learn those skills. It would probably be in your best interest to thank the person that taught you them as well. So due to that, I want to thank my mom and dad, along with my grandparents, for teaching me the basics early on in life and allowing me to understand that only I can be responsible for continuing to learn and gain life skills. I also wanted to say thank you to everyone for listening and those that continue to listen every week. Next week, for my final episode of Season 1, on Episode 25, I'll be giving my two cents about why colleges are lying to you. You will not want to miss out on some of the things that I think people should be aware of and hopefully make choosing to go to college or which college they want to go to a better informed decision. I hope everyone has a great rest of the day, and thanks for listening. Thanks everyone for listening to the show. If you like the show and haven't already, I would love for you to tell a friend to listen in and let me know what you think on whichever platform that you're listening to this podcast. As always, if you have questions about the topics discussed on today's episode or want to give me your two cents, send me an email, tjstwocents at yahoo.com or send me a message on my podcast Facebook or Instagram and I'll get back to you as soon as possible. Thanks and until next time.